You know, as we look at the Indianapolis Colts, you see holes. You see a guy like Calais Campbell as a free agent, and you think, hey, here's a guy who could fill a hole. There's a reason why the Colts passed and the Ravens signed him. We'll go into that. We'll clean up the mock draft from yesterday, present it in a much more orderly way. We'll talk about the Pacers, who did their exit interviews yesterday at Gainbridge Fieldhouse, and the fever... You know what? The Fever took seven players, including an Indiana University multi-degreed player. They got her in the third round last night. We'll talk about that. And the playing games tonight, the NBA, are going to be terrific. And there are reasons for Pacers uh, fans to really have a hard look at them and enjoy watching them. This is Breakfast with Kent for Tuesday. April 12, 2022, we're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. you got plumbing problems, they got plumbing solutions, and they execute them in the finest way possible. Give them a call. Jared Johnson, one of the best guys you're ever going to invite into your home to fix stuff. 765-610-8809, the number. All right, hit subscribe, punch the like button, ring the bell, let's go, let's talk sports. Uh, Calais Campbell signed with the Baltimore Ravens yesterday, a two-year extension, $12.5 million. He's 35 years old. His best days are behind him. Yes, he was very productive back in the day. And he's a famous player. What we tend to do, what fans tend to do as we look at free agents, is we evaluate them based upon their fame level, not the level of of production and productivity they're going to bring to the Colts, right? So we look at guys like Calais Campbell. We look at guys like maybe Teron Matthew, although I really, really like Teron Matthew still as a guy who can play most snaps and, and become productive, go get in the football. I like him. So it's not about fame with Honey Badger. Odell Beckham Jr. is entirely fame-based. And, and Calais Campbell last year, four and a half sacks, more of a run-stop guy now. If you think back to the Colts when they signed Richard Dent back in the day, was that like 1996? Richard Dent, a fantastic sacker of the quarterback for the Bears. Late in his career, he became more of a of a guy who is going to be able to stop the run and not get to the passer quite as much. That's what Calais Campbell has become. So if, if you want to bulk up stat numbers, Calais Campbell's not the way to get there. The Ravens, they know that. They know what they're getting in Calais Campbell. The last two years, probably, of his career, $12.5 million. To me, it's a little bit too much over two years. We get into the economics of it because I think the economics are important. I think without a good economic foothold, without a foundation based in economics, given the hard cap, you really have a tough time talking about the NFL. All right, let's talk about the draft for the Colts, because this is where historically, whether Chris Ballard, Ryan Grigson, or uh, Bill Poling were the general managers uh, of the Colts, this is where they got talent. And this is how this team is going to be built. So the draft is big for the Colts. No first rounder this year, so we're going to have to wait till that Friday. We've got 17 days until the draft. Everybody else in the NFL is looking forward to 16 days from now. Colts, they're looking forward to 17 days from now, unless they trade into the first round, which I do not foresee. Um, 
a lot of people have John Dotson going late in the first round, early second round. I think he might last to 42, and if he lasts to 42, the Colts should take him. 73, Jeremy Rucker, tight end out of Ohio State. Not a great pass catcher, not an offensive threat. He's not going to stretch a field vertically as a tight end, but the Colts have guys who can already do that. What he can do is run block at an elite level. He can plug and play as a run blocker. At 122, I think that the Colts take Jalen Armour Davis out of Alabama. He's a cornerback. You need a cornerback. And I think Jalen Armour Davis is a guy who can play right out of the gate. I think he can come in. When you get a defensive back who's played for Nick Saban, you get a guy who knows tactically how to function in that position at an NFL level. And Jalen Armour Davis is the best of those guys. If he's off the board already, Tariq Castro-Fields of Penn State, he's a good fallback. Uh, number 159. Tell you what, just to keep it easy. 159-179, same last name. We're going to go with the Austin boys. Calvin Austin, 5'8", 170, 4'3", at the Combine. He's a weird little weapon, and I dig him. We take him at 159. And at 179, we take Kevin Austin, a more um, traditionally built pro-ready wide receiver, 6'2", 200 pounds, 4'4", 3", Combine 40. He, of course, out of Notre Dame. So there you go. There's the mock draft. Yesterday we went over it, and we took too long. We went, we went far field here and there and everywhere else. Uh, let's talk. We'll talk about the Pacers and the Lakers in a moment. Uh, before we do that, let's talk about Butler basketball. Mike Pegues is joining Thad Mata's staff. He was an assistant at Xavier, then an assistant at Louisville, then became the interim head coach when Chris Mack stepped down as the head coach at Louisville. So Mike Pegues coming to the Butler staff. They're also taking a look at a guy who recently reopened his recruiting. He had committed to Murray State, has decided to back away from that commitment after a coaching change. And uh, so you're looking at Jackson Edwards of Cathedral High School here in Indianapolis. Uh, state championship player, 6'6", wing, good player, not ranked by rivals, but a guy that Thad Mata really likes. And this is a bit of the problem with Thad Mata coming to Butler. If you're an Indiana fan, Thad Mata is going to go get guys in the state of Indiana. Thad Mata is going to be able to recruit to Butler. And that means you've got Painter doing a great job in the northern part of the state. Thad Mata may do a great job in the middle of the state. Mike Woodson, Mike Woodson's got to figure out how to recruit Indiana at a really high level. That's where the money is. That's where the wins are for Indiana. When Indiana wins at a high level, they do a really good job of recruiting Indiana because that is how you need to play basketball in Indiana. We've seen what happens when you go out and get guys from Massachusetts, New York, Virginia, Texas, California. When, when you spread geographically, you get different styles of basketball, and you get basketball being worked at in different ways by trainers. Here in Indiana, it happens at a really high level, the training does, and the learning, the processing of how to play this game up here. That's how you win at Indiana. And when you go against that cultural dynamic, you wind up in a tough spot. Thad Mata is going to make that more difficult 
at Indiana for Mike Woodson. All right, let's talk about the Pacers. They're Pacers and Lakers making a deal for Russell Westbrook. If you listen to Russell Westbrook's 21 minutes with the media yesterday, first of all, you're dumber for doing it. Second of all, Russell Westbrook does not fit anywhere. He's not dynamic enough to win as the best player on the floor. And he's not selfless enough to not believe that he's the best player on the floor, wherever he plays. So he doesn't win. That's Russell Westbrook. Blames Frank Vogel for a lot of his ill-fitting with the Lakers. Frank Vogel's the nicest guy in the world. If you can't get along with Frank Vogel, there is something wrong with you, not Frank Vogel. So the idea of bringing Westbrook here is that Westbrook's contract is only good for the next year, and he's about a $45 million against the cap guy. So what you would be doing by bringing Westbrook here is eating a year of insufferability in order to clear a bunch of cap space and go get free agents, plural, who are going to help you win with the young nucleus that you're going to build with the draft picks this year. It's not going to happen. They're not going to trade for Russell Westbrook. People are saying that maybe Russell Westbrook would sell tickets at Cambridge Fieldhouse. I think he would burn tickets at, at Cambridge Fieldhouse. I don't think Indiana fans want to watch what Russell Westbrook does. And I don't know anybody who does want to watch him. He was the third best player for a team this year that didn't make the playoffs behind LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So what are you going to do? You got to trade for this guy? Do you think that Kevin Pritchard's a moron? He ain't going to do that. Uh, exit interviews yesterday for the Pacers. A little bit of insufferable from Miles Turner. I got to tell you the truth. Miles Turner, you got to get your money, right? He's thinking about a contract's extension. How about thinking about playing? How about play basketball? Look, here's what Miles Turner is. Miles Turner, over his last five seasons, and by the way, it was in 42 games this year, so he missed almost exactly half the season. Miles Turner scores between 12 and 14 points a game and pulls down between 6.4 and 7.2 rebounds per game. That's who he is. He's not capable of more than that. He is on a given night capable of more than that, but not overall. That's who he is. That's what he does. That's Miles Turner. Over the last few years, he's made $18 million a year. An extension is likely to cost maybe more, but I don't understand why. I, he's moving into the last year of his contract. You say goodbye to Miles Turner. If there's value for a guy who leads the league in blocks uh, about every other year, you know what? Okay, move him along. Uh, Miles Turner wears me out. I think he enjoys watching the game as much as he enjoys playing it. Judging by his bench decorum, and that's that's not necessarily a, a, a negative. I like guys who are plugged in watching the game and supporting of their teammates. But Miles Turner, he needs to want to compete at a higher level. Like, you don't talk about an extension when you play half the games for a team that wound up being the fifth worst in the NBA. You try to figure out how you can get better so your team wins more. And he said it about Jalen Smith. Jalen's just got to go get his money. You know, that was the, the reference in, in the money comment that he made. That kind of thing wears me out. 
um, you know, go win and the money's going to take care of itself. Let your agent worry about the money. That's why you employ your agent. You don't need to worry about it. Uh, playing games tonight in the NBA, how wonderful is this going to be? Look, you know what? One and done, I love, right? You know, it's like the NCAA tournament. You've got the Cavaliers and the Nets tonight. Here's the rooting interest for Pacers fans. If the Cavaliers win, they make the playoffs as a seventh seed, and the Pacers get their first-round pick. I think it's unlikely that they win this game in Brooklyn tonight. What would happen if they lose, they would then play the winner of Atlanta and Charlotte in another playing game later this week. They need to win one of these two games for the Pacers to get that pick. We want the Pacers to get that pick because maybe they can package it with that 31st overall pick that they're getting uh, in a trade via somehow uh, Houston. It conveys to Indianapolis. Maybe package those things together a little bit and scoot up into the latter part of the lottery. That would be nice. I'd like to see it. Or maybe you package a Cavs pick and Miles Turner and you move up a little bit. Nice. Second game of the play-in tonight, Clippers playing against Minnesota. It's a lot of fun rooting against Paul George. I'll do it forever. Until Paul George decides he's no longer playing, I will root against Paul George with great verve. This is who I am, and I don't apologize for it. Uh, the WNBA draft, four players taken by the Fever in the top 10. Man, if Lynn Dunn didn't make them better through doing this, I don't know what you do. Uh, Nelissa Smith out of Baylor, 6'4", two-time Big 12 Player of the Year. She, uh, in her career, over 2,000 points, over 1,000 rebounds. With the fourth overall pick, Emily Engstler, uh, out of Louisville, she's 6'1", number six, maybe a stretch at number six. Lexi Hull out of Stanford, also 6'1". At 10, uh, a teammate of Nelissa Smith's at Baylor, Queen Egbo. Uh, she's 6'3". So Lynn Dunn got the fever bigger and more defensively oriented. With the 34th overall pick, the fever take Allie Patberg. How about that? We enjoy Allie Patberg. I don't know whether the Fever offered degrees. Allie Patberg in Indiana filled her trunk full of degrees, took every class available, and now she's going to the Fever. I wonder if the Fever have some kind of educational uh, curriculum that she could avail herself of. Birthdays, let's celebrate some birthdays, shall we? And we'll leave the comedy to the professionals. Uh, J Jeremy Rosenthal, Happy birthday, Chuck Andrews. Happy birthday, the great Kelly Rebel. Kelly Rebel said something when I worked with her in St. Louis that just made me laugh. She said, oh man, that's so hooge. And I said, what does hooge mean? This is in St. Louis. And she said, hoosier, you know, redneck, hayseed. I said, you know, hoosier is a nickname for people from Indiana. And she said, no. She had no idea that hoosier was a nickname for people from Indiana. They use in St. Louis the word Hoosier as a, an extreme pejorative. And uh, I didn't know that. Very interesting. But Kelly didn't even know it referred to Indiana. Just knew of it as, as kind of like instead of saying redneck, you say Hoosier. There you go. <laughs> you learn something every day. The great Dave Kindred celebrating a birthday today. Love Dave Kindred. Scott Leosi, happy birthday. Brian Barnhill, 
Dave Fulton, happy birthday, and the great Gina Stone, Robert Stone's wife, Gina, celebrating a birthday today. Happy birthday to Gina. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that is best done with an honest and specific compliment. Lift each other up. Don't pull each other down. Bring hope to people, right? Hope's cool. That, that's the best we can embody is hope. So do that today. Hope for the best. Don't fear the worst. The worst might be coming, but if fearing it doesn't make it uh, go away any quicker. 